Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bird Game Podcast. Alex Turner here. Don't forget, you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. All you got to do is go in the search bar, type in Bird Game. Here we cover everything Eagles, and we truly bleed green. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get on to the episode. Oh, it's the Bird Gang Podcast. Oh, yeah. Welcome back for episode number four of the Bird Gang Podcast of NC. Alex Turner, Stephen Boyd, and myself, Les Jennings, are the three biggest Philadelphia Eagles fans known to man. Today we're going to uh, tackle a couple of topics. Um, we're going to actually take a look around the league um, as well as discuss uh, some of the favorite topics of your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so let's go over some of the things we're going to discuss today. We're going to talk about Cam Newton. Okay, he finally found a home in the NFL. I'm going to talk about that and give our thoughts on that. Uh, the Redskins name change, uh, one of the big topics of the week in the sports world. I'm going to discuss our thoughts on that as well. Um, one of the big things about the Philadelphia Eagles, we're going to have Jalen Hurts. He actually posted a video of himself working out with a few players, um, one notably Deshaun Jackson. So we're going to discuss if that means anything and if Wentz should feel any way about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Miles Sanders and how many touches per game uh, running and receiving we think is good for him. And the last topic we're going to discuss is Zach Ertz. Okay, this is a big year for him. We need to find out if we're going to keep him because uh, Dallas Goddard's contract is due uh, at the end of the season. So uh, will it be the third year? So I'm going to go ahead and tackle that. Um, Alex, Steven, how you guys doing, man? Good, man. I'm good. How you feeling? Good, man. Good, yeah, good. What's doing, up, Alex? Doing good, Les, man. How are you? Good, man. I can't complain. Can't complain. Well, I can't complain. I'm tired of 2020. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Other than that, man, you know, just trying to just trying to keep it moving along, man. So sorry to keep you guys waiting, and thank you again to our listeners for tuning in for episode number four. Um, let's go ahead and start on topic one, man. Uh, Cam Newton finally gets a home in the AFC East. Your New England Patriots, man. Your boy Bill Belichick does it again. He does it again. So let's talk about him signing with New England what it means for that division, and ultimately their Super Bowl hopes, okay? We're going to have Alex Turner go ahead and start this one off. Alex, what are your thoughts, buddy? Honestly, I, I saw it coming. I think it was the move was very Patriots-esque, you know what I mean? They got uh, basically it. They got rid of an MVP, and they brought in another MVP for peanuts, you know what I mean? It, you, can't, you can't put that up to anything but a uh, – Patriots move that that kind of has them written all on it. So 
I'm not surprised they got the deal done. I think the more surprising thing was they did it right as soon as they got in trouble and they got handed down the uh, the penalties for that, you know, the whole deal with the uh, filming the practice, uh, something with the the, uh, uh, the Bengals last year that they got in trouble for. And on the same day that, that they got, you know, they were getting called out for it and their punishment was being handed down by the NFL, they happened to sign Cam Newton that day and that kind of distracted the headlines from saying what was really going on. So kudos to them. That's that's kind of very Patriots, again, Patriots-esque for them to steer the spotlight where they want it. As far as Cam goes, I think him going to the Patriots is an extremely great fit. I think it works out good for both parties. I think Cam, uh, it, it kind of comes down to if he plays very well this year, he's got the option of either A, staying with the Patriots, or having that Bill Belichick, seal of approval to where then he could pretty much go anywhere and get that last big deal he might get um, as far as his career is concerned, especially what was going on with the shoulder and everything like that. So I think it's a great move as far as the Patriots and and if they're going to be Super Bowl contenders, I still don't think, I, I think that boat has sailed. Even if you saw them last year, they just don't have playmakers on their team right now. They don't really have anybody on the team that you're going to say, yeah, so when blank blank is really going to take the team to the next level, even by just adding Cam Newton. So, you know, I think he's gonna he's gonna play. He'll probably have a they'll probably have a eight and eight season, or a eight and nine or something like that. But no, no, no Super Bowl, unfortunately. Gotcha, gotcha. Totally understand that, Stephen. What are your thoughts, boss? I'm I'm pretty much along the lines with Alex. I see it being a good fit for Cam personally and for the New England Patriots. They, he can fit what they do scheme-wise. People might not think about that because him and Tom Brady are kind of like polar opposites. But when you look at the way that New England has particularly schemed their team over the last few years of going to more of that short passing game, which mm-hmm. is something that Cam did have success with, with North Turner in Carolina before he got injured and unhealthy and then struggled the rest of the way. But he was having probably his best NFL season before he got hurt in, what was it, 2018? Yep. Yeah. He was having his best passing season. And that says a lot because in 2015, he was the MVP, had all of those great stats, but a lot of that was predicated on running. Right. He had a he had a better passing, passing numbers in 18. So this could fit. Josh McDaniels is a very good offensive coordinator, and he can use Cam Newton with his strengths to make the best come out of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man, you guys just gave me nightmares. You brought up two seasons, man, with Cam Newton. Uh, 2015 is MVP season. Um, the Eagles went down to Carolina. We lost that game. Oh. Yeah. Uh, we get, yeah, we gave him a battle. Sam Bradford, man, we gave him a battle. But uh, Tam, Cam, I think, Actually, scored I think a touchdown I, at the I end. I think I watched yeah. that game with you. Yeah, you and Chels was over the yeah. crib, man. Yeah, we watched that game at the crib, dog. Yeah, um, yeah, we definitely checked that out. And then the 2018 season, man, that's when the Eagles blew a 17-0 fourth quarter oh, lead. That's and the one that Cam, And Cam Newton tossed for 263 yards and three touchdowns in the last 10 minutes of the game, man. Mm, mm, so, 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 so when y'all hear me talk about Steven's boy, Jim Swartz, 
Okay. When you, when <laughs> Here we go. When Here I, we go. I get, Here Steven, we go. I, every week, Stephen, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on you, dog. Because I'm, 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 I'm used to it now. I'm used to it. I'm boy. I'm gonna get him. But <laughs> that game right there, man. I, seventeen nothing with ten minutes left in the game, and we lose twenty one seventeen, boss. Ooh, I'm not gonna talk about that, man. It's all good. Um. My personal opinion is I think it's a good signing for them. Um, a few issues I – well, the few things I do want to keep an eye on for the Patriots is they are a quick pass offense. Um, for, and, again, that's when they had Tom Brady, right? Um, Cam Newton is a, is a playmaker as a quarterback, so he's going to hold the ball until he can't hold the ball anymore. So – I'm going to keep an eye on that. Um, they also, the Patriots had a good offensive line. Um, they had one of the best offensive line coaches, uh, Dante Scarnecchia. Okay. He just retired after last season. So we don't know how that offensive line is going to be. I'm still worried about their weapons. Um, I do like Keneal Harry out of Arizona. He's pretty good. Um, I wouldn't call him bona fide just yet. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is a little bit older in the two. I think he's 31, 32. You still have Edelman, but he gets beat up a lot. So um, they have a decent running game with Sony Michelle, and I like Pee Wee, a.k.a. James White. I like him. Um, and they still have a bona fide defense with Bill Belichick calling the play. So um, me, uh, I, I, I like them to get 10-plus wins. I would say if someone – if you're going to gamble on the Patriots and over-under um, – if the, if, if, if the number is nine, I would say go over that because I'm looking at them getting 10 wins. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but and, the division, and making the play. Their division got better, though. Less. Yeah, the division definitely yeah. got better. Um, I like Buffalo a lot in that division. Um, I, they're actually my pick to win the division. Right, um, right. I, like, I agree. Yeah, I like them. Uh, I like the Jets got much better as well. Um, Joe Douglas is over there now. They got a lot of going on with Jamal Adams, but – We'll Even see Miami, how that pans out. Miami is going to be better than last year. Miami's got better. They, yeah, Miami's going to be better, yeah. Yeah, they all got better. So yeah. um, it's no longer uh, instant, you know, six wins for the Patriots. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I didn't give a win projection for um, New, New England or anything like that. I'm oh. looking at maybe, yeah, I'm looking at around 9 and 7, 10 and 6, something like that, battling with. Buffalo to win a division. One of those two will win. Absolutely. Absolutely. I got you. I got you. I know Alex talked about either eight or nine wins. So we're not too far off base here of what we predict for the Patriots. Um, one of the big news. Man, this is Dude, you, this you, one. You like this one, didn't you? Man? I, I love this one only because, like I said, everyone knows me. If you know me, you know I dislike the Washington team. I'm not going to say their name anymore. It's over. Um, which brings us to topic number two. I mean, hey, the Washington football team, they're going to change their name. It's, it's already inevitable. They're going, to, they're going to do it. Okay? Yeah, that's true. So we all know why this change is going to be brought about. Um, and I strongly support that. Um but how do you guys feel about it, man? Was it up until this time, was it an issue for you guys? Um, did you have any thoughts or any intentions about it prior to this past week? And, Stephen, this is for you, Topic. Yeah, I think this is long overdue. This is very much long overdue. I mean, you have 
Washington legends. I don't even want to say the name because it's it's actually a racial slur. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't even want to say the name, but it's so ingrained in us because we is what we've been hearing since we were children. Right. But the Washington the Washington football team we have former star players for them like Charles Mann saying if this would if this is what the people the Native Americans feel it's disrespectful to them. I don't care what kind of tradition it is. We need to do something about it. He said this in the eighties while they were still playing. Mm. Mm, mm. But he was still playing. This has been going on all this time. Yeah, Daniel Snyder had forever. He said, "I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to change it." He's changing it now. We all know why because it's that almighty dollar. So yes, like, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Nike, Nike, FedEx are not playing around. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember. Um, I can't remember where I saw it. I, this may have been on ESPN. It might have been on CNN. I can't remember where I heard this, but um, they were saying the mayor of DC was telling them that they would never get a stadium, a new stadium in the city as long as they had that name. As long as they had that name, they would never get a new stadium in that city. And with everything going on these last few weeks with um with race with all the um racial racial unrest and protests and everything like that, people are starting to become come on the right side of history. The NFL cannot say we are against racism and still keep that name on that team. Right. Absolutely. It was coming. It was coming sooner or later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alex, what are your thoughts on the uh, the Landover team? The Landover. <laughs> I mean, Steve made a really good point. I think he kind of brushed it um, as be- about as best as you can. Um, I-, I agree completely. In, in, in this uh, day and age, in 2020, it's, like Steve said, a long time coming. You know, that's something that just can't continue uh, as a name and as a – honestly, as a logo as well. You know, and uh, I really do like the – I had to say, as much as I don't like the Reds, the uh, Washington team, I'm not going to say it either, the Washington mm-hmm. team, I like their colors. You know, they have great color combination. I think it, it's very unique in the NFL. Um, but, you know, whether you have some Native Americans that agree with it and don't agree with it, either way it has to go because it would be no different than it saying uh, the New York white skins or the black skins. It doesn't matter how you do it. it you know, it's not right. So – I'm all for the change. I think it's it, it's been coming, and I'm I'm gonna be the first on board. Unless you can you can you can dock me for this, Steve. You can write it down in the back of the book. They're gonna be the yeah. Warriors. I, I just have a feeling, man. I gotta. I, they're gonna be the Washington Warriors, and the way it works is because you know in the in the NFL and the NBA, there's a few teams MLB that they have the same name. You have the uh, Giants, and then you have the uh, the New York Giants, and then you have the baseball Giants, right? So I think it works similar to that. You have the uh, Warriors that is the NBA team, and then you on the two separate coasts, right? And all the way on the east right. coast, you'll have the football Washington mm-hmm. Warriors, and I think it works because it's two different markets, and it kind of fits with their whole, uh, you know, the Washington, uh, their basketball team, their uh, hockey team, their baseball team. It fits with that theme of uh, all the DC teams. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, man. Anybody who knows me knows I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, man. Shout out to Peachy County, Montgomery County, Anne Arundel County. All my family and friends out there, love you guys. Um, but y'all know how I feel about the Washington Redskins, man. You know what I mean? Like, they, I just, let me tell you something. God himself, okay, can come down and say, hey, I will give the Philadelphia Eagles 10 Super Bowls in a row 
but you got to lose to the Redskins twice a year for each Super Bowl, I'm not taking the deal. <laughs> not going to happen, boss. I don't need 10 Super Bowls that bad, boss. You know what I'm saying? I got to go home. I don't want to hear these people's mouths. Hey, man, y'all know what it is, man. But, well, well, you know, uh, as long as Dan Snyder is running that thing, that ain't never going to happen, no way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, they they gotta do. We gonna we gonna be punishing them for a while, man. So, um, I don't know. I think it's a time for the change, man. Um, being from that area, I've heard for years. You know, the, the name change has always been a topic for discussion. Um, I think it is time to make the change. Uh, I'm gonna go a little different than Alex, man. I like the the Washington Red Tails. Um has to do with a little bit of African-American history. Um, so that's what I would say. If they were the Washington Red Tails, I would actually like them and have a little bit of respect for them. So um, that's my thoughts on that. It's time for a change, Daniel Schneider. I'm a little upset with you, boss, because the only thing that changed was Nike and FedEx said something to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. People have been saying this for years and years and years, but it wasn't until money got involved that you wanted to go ahead and, and, and make this a discussion, man. We peeped right. your whole game, but that's that's okay. We're going to well, leave it at of, that. A lot of broadcasters like Fox, I don't know if it's Fox, CBS, some of them, they don't even say the Redskins part like you were saying. Like if you watch it on the game, they'll say mm-hmm. the Washington team versus the Eagles. Like they don't even yeah. say that. You know what I mean? So Yeah, a lot of people here. Yeah, yeah. Bomani, so, Bomani Jones called them the racial slurs. Yeah, they, yeah. Just, they were already skipping. They were just calling them Washington. And now, like, you, like uh, Les said, it isn't until FedEx is uh, willing to pull out their major sponsor, you know, um, that now they want it. So you're right. I agree, Les. It, it's, it looks bad on his part. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Whew. Now that segues into our third topic here, man. Oof. And um, we're going to talk about looking bad. Um, let me pose this question to you guys. Jalen Hurts, and we all know it's well documented about the controversial second round pick in the 2020 NFL draft for our Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, man. Hey, (laughs) I'm going to get into that. Well, so he posted a video of himself and Deshaun Jackson working out. So some people thought it was an issue. Me personally, I didn't. Okay. Uh, But what I want to know from you guys is. What does this say that D-Jack is working out with the backup or I'm sorry, the third string quarterback instead of being in Houston a few weeks ago, working out with Carson, um, uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, Marquise uh, Goodwin. Um, how do you guys feel about that? And, and more importantly, how should Wentz feel about that? And is this an issue? Let me know. Uh, Alex, this is yours. Your go. Talk to me. I don't think Carson has nothing to worry about. First of all, he's that guy. As I as I stated before on the previous podcast, he's that he's that guy. I don't think this is anything for him to worry about. I think this is more of an angle of probably either Jalen Hurts or Deshaun Jackson saying, uh, a lot like Jalen Hurts goes, "Hey man, let me. I, I want to work out with you. I want to. There's a few things I want. I want to pick your brain on because you know you're one of the best deep ball threats of all time. You know." And it could have been Djax saying, "Hey, young blood, you know, I can see him probably saying that. Hey, young blood, let me let me let me show you this. Let me sh- you know show you a few things." So, and I think because he wasn't there in, in Houston, 
it's just because it's D-Jack. You know, he doesn't have to be there. We saw what happened on that first game last year against the Redskins, okay? he They're going to be on the same page. I'm, I'm a firm believer, and once the season starts back up, hopefully if the season starts, that they're going to be on the same page from training camp. Like, they probably won't do too much in training camp anyways because I think that connection is already there because D-Jack is so good. We didn't have to see that. I think him and Houston was just trying to get there with some of the younger players, some of the, the uh, rookie, obviously, you know. So I, I don't think there's anything to worry about, again. But it's good to see them together, personally. Am I, I, I'm like, uh, Les, I have nothing wrong with it. I think it's good to see them together. I think great things can come from that as far as Hurts' development. Gotcha, gotcha. Steve, tackle the issue. What you think, boss? Yeah, there's absolutely nothing that Carson needs to feel threatened or worried about. He is the the guy, a top 10, if not top five quarterback in the league. He has nothing to worry about from, from Jalen Hurts. Now, this is good on Jalen Hurts' part. If he did initiate the um, workout himself, that shows some leadership on his part that he was willing to do, to reach out to D-Jax and get it done. And Besides, uh, people making that um, assumption about but well, DJX wasn't in Houston. We don't know what the circumstance was. Maybe he couldn't make it there or whatever. We don't know. All right. Yeah, but um, like I said, he didn't have he didn't have to be there because as we saw, it was it was basically the new acquisitions and then throw in Arshega Whiteside because he was pretty much a rookie because he didn't play too much last year. So it was pretty much the new guys getting that rep, getting that um, rapport with Carson. So I don't see any issues with that. I see. I still get it as a good thing, definitely not a bad thing, and there's nothing, to, nothing to even be worried about. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm with you guys, man. As um, as I stated when I brought the topic up, um, I don't see an issue with it at all. I think it's actually a very good thing because I want everyone coming in being prepared for the season. I do hope, I do believe that there will be a season. Um, and you never know if something happens, and it may not even be an injury. It could be someone gets sick and and, and Doug decides to hold someone out, and Jalen may need to play. So he'll already be ready to go, um, and he'll already have a rapport with someone. So that that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm good to go with that. Carson, let me tell you something. Carson right now, to me personally, Carson is top five, top six quarterbacks in the league. Ooh. That's And, and, and I'm going to tell you something right now. This season, all we need is our wide receivers to stay healthy. If they stay healthy this season, he's going to cook. And he's going to be firmly placed in that top five. I'm talking about you won't be able to get to five without saying his name. And if you do, you should be banned from talking at all sports bars, any podcast, any message groups, anything. You shouldn't even talk football. <laughs> I that's how I, that's, I, that's, think, that's, I think he's like one playoff win. One playoff win. That's all he needs. One playoff yeah, yeah, he'll get that. From he'll get that. People, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to shut that down. That that oh, he gets hurt or he's not a top five QB. He gets one playoff win and it's over, man. He's he's top five, no debate. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. a shame because he balled out at the end of the year. Yeah. He put the team on his back. He really did. Got him into the postseason. Then that fluke play when. Clowney falls on his head and and they're here to go with the injury stuff again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm like I said, I, I think I talked about it in um in our first episode, but I really believe had Carson not gotten hurt, we win the game. But hey, water under bridge, we're on to 2020. So speaking of moving on in 2020, um, I want to take this time uh, to pay some bills. Uh, here's a word from our sponsorship. 
All right. Welcome back, guys, and all to, uh, to all the listeners. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to topic number four, um, which is a huge, huge, huge uh, topic for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think it's very important, man, because Miles Sanders, you know, a lot of when, when they talk about the Philadelphia Eagles in this upcoming season, he, they're not they don't really discuss Miles Sanders because it's about who is this wide receivers? Will Elshon be healthy? Will Djax stay healthy? Is Jalen Rager, is he worth that first round pick? Is J.J. Arcega white side a bus? Is Greg Ward going to be a team? But they don't ever talk about the ultimate weapon that Miles Sanders is, man. He's nasty. And the last five, six weeks of the NFC East, um, well, of the season, I should say, sorry about that, when Jordan Howard got hurt, Miles took off, man. He was the best running back in the league, man. Look at the, look at the numbers. I mean, in, in, the, in, in the division, I meant to say. He was the best running back in the division the last six weeks of the season. All you got to do is look at the numbers. and you, You'll be surprised at what you see. Um, but let's talk about his touches per game in which we think. We all know that if a, a running back has a short uh, shelf life in the NFL, what you don't want to do is compound them with a ton of touches every game because that tends to wear them down and it shortens their already uh, shelf life in the NFL. An article came out this week, uh, I believe it was from Jimmy Kemsky, um, Philadelphia Inquirer, where he talked about Miles Sanders and his touches per game. All right, fellas, so what I want to know from you guys is what do we think is the right amount? And also, part two of this this question is, do we feel confident in Boston Scott as the backup running back at this point in time, at this point close to the season, guys. Um, let's talk about it, man. Steven, you're up. All right. Now, if there's a magic number for touches, I would say we want to go, we want to keep him around 20, give or take a few. Take, I think 20 is a good sweet spot, maybe 14 carries, six receptions. That, I think that's a pretty good um way to go. You don't like you said, you don't want to put too much on him and get him worn down. You don't want him to end up like Ty Gurley. Great Ty point. Gurley might not be the same in it. He might not be the same anymore. I'm hope I'm hoping he, he can bounce back, but that's that's why he's not in LA anymore. Man, that, 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 that check engine light is on for Ty Gurley, man. <laughs> that check engine light is on, boss. So I agree with you, Steven. I'm sorry about that. I just had to say that, man. Yeah, I feel you, I feel you, bro. Yeah, twenty is a is a good way to go. Um yeah, in that article that you referenced earlier, they talked about how um down the stretch he was really he really got more than twenty, but it was necessary because of the injuries we had at the position. But then as soon as um Boston Scott emerged and some of those other guys came back, his touches went right back down and you saw it in the playoff game. It was he was pretty much splitting carries at Boston. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, Stephen. Are you okay with Boston as 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 the backup? Oh yeah. Right now, I feel like feel like he he can get it done as the backup. Um, he's we can actually use him as third down as a third down back. We don't want to put too much on Miles, but I also think he's stout enough. He's he, he's kind of short and stocky, kind of like the Michael Turner kind of build. Mm-hmm. You could you could use him use him at um as a short yardage. Third and one type running back. Gotcha. I agree with you totally, man. Totally. Alex, what are your thoughts, boss? Man, Miles Sanders, that's a bad boy, as uh, Stephen A. would say. Because I was watching a lot of his uh, – this week I was watching a lot of his tape 
from this uh, this past season. And I, I mean, you look at it from the run game, the way he hits the holes and explodes. He just looks so much faster than most of the defenses he's up against, which is very rare. We've talked about this. When you see players, you see that speed instantly. It's hard. You can't teach that. You know what I'm saying? He's like, you have it or you don't have it. And then his return game, that Green Bay game, he was returning the ball um, and just getting at least a good 30 or 40 yards uh, just from returning it. Um, and then he catches the ball wide open in space. Look at the Minnesota game, um, the Redskins game. You know what I mean? He's just so dynamic. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, that's my boy. That's who, that's who I'm going to say is my boy for this year, okay? Because, you know, Les like to say who's your boy, you know, and all that. That's my boy. So, uh, but I really like what, what he has to offer. As far as touches, I know we talked about it, and I did say 26. So, looking at it now, that actually might be a little too much. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to retract it, okay? <laughs> so I'm glad you did, man. <laughs> but I'm going to probably say – 23 is the probably sweet number for me because and, I, and I'm gonna tell you why because he needs to get them any way he can get them he needs to be catching the ball out the back he needs to get some slot plays and, and you know and running the ball doesn't matter how he gets it I think 23 is the good is a good area especially if we go with Boston Scott and I personally I think for the second position we should rotate the second position should almost be a committee between Boston Scott. I think Corey Clement's going to make the team. I've been watching a lot of him on, on Instagram and some of the platforms he's on. He looks really good, man. He looks quick. I think he might be 100% healthy, you know. So, I think he makes the team. And then I think either Holyfield or one of the, the rookies we signed also might make the team. I think they're going to go pretty heavy on running back. And then I think they're just going to rotate that position. So, personally, I think how that – uh, that mix-up of Corey Clement, Boston Scott, and whoever that third running back they decide to keep, how that works out. If they're having a bad game and Miles Sanders is doing his thing that game, then he could get 23, 24 touches. But if, yeah. you know, Boston Scott is having an amazing game, which we've seen against the Giants, then I can see that number go down to like 19, 18. You know what I mean? So I think that sweet spot is very key. And I think, as Les was saying, figuring out if Boston Scott's going to be the guy or whoever the other guy is, that can alleviate some of those touches, then I'm okay with it. But if Miles Sanders is having an amazing game and he's at 24 touches, I know you wouldn't be mad about it, would you, uh, Les? No, no, not at all, man. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at it differently. So when when I look at this, I look at the game and plays or snaps per game, right? Total is offense, right? Mm-hmm. So on average – the NFL team on offense gets between 62 to 65 snaps per game, okay? Uh, I think it comes out to like nine possessions or anywhere between seven to nine possessions per game. Um, but the snap count is around 62 to 65%. That's your average. I think when Chip Kelly was here, which is a fascinating number, I think the Eagles were at 68 or 69. Mm. Um I look at it like this. Let's say our magic number is 62, right? Out of that 62, I'm going to chop that in half. That's going to leave me with 31. So I want to I, I want ideally I want for us to be balanced, okay? So I would say 31 pass attempts um, for Carson Wentz a game is pretty good. That's that that's about good. That's around eight eight a quarter. Um, 
running, I want to see between 30 and 31 attempts per game. And that's so I, 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 when I get that number 31, I say, okay, I want Miles Sanders. He should probably get around 15 of that. Um, I would let Boston Scott get around seven of that. Corey Clement get around five. And then if we carry a fourth running back on a game day roster, um, my guy to make the team um, is going to be Michael Warren out of Cincinnati. Uh, 5'10", 225, a bowling ball, um, just like Jordan Howard was for us. Um, the Eagles have great luck out of univer- picking University of Cincinnati players. Um, so that's going to be my guy. That's how I would like to see it broken up. So going back to the topic, <clears throat> Miles Sanders for me, I, I would say a good 20 touches a game. Uh, put the ball in his hand, running the rock 15 times a game. Um it, and if it's a situation where he's needed, then I could say 16, 17, you know, for that game. You know what I'm saying? If we're right. down and he's feeling it, then, yeah, I can see some games where you give it to him a little bit more. But ideally, man, 15 times a game, get him involved in the in the past game, uh, five times a game. And that should be it because we want to keep Miles fresh for the playoffs and we want to keep him for a few years, man. You know what I'm saying? So that that's the goal here. Um, that's my opinion. Um, as far as Boston Scotts, I'm good with him. I like the boy. Um, he's a he's a Darren Sproles version two, a little bit bigger, um, stronger, um, a little bit faster, just as shifty as Darren Sproles. So I'm good with that, man. I, I, I I'm I'm fine. We can rock and roll. I'm not sure about him carrying the load. Should something happen to Miles Sanders, but still, I mean, he's good enough for his role, and I hope he gets some plays called for him. So, let me, um, let me ask you, uh, Les, do you want him returning in the ret- uh, special teams return? Um, I would prefer him not. Um, that that's how I am, man. Um, I'm looking at the Cleveland Browns roster today, and looking at their depth chart, and their punt returner is Jarvis Landry, and I'm like, yo. Y'all are risking this dude. He's your starting wide receiver, and you're risking him? You know what I'm saying? I could see you even putting Kareem Hunt back there. That's your second string. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not a believer in that. I don't believe starters at valued positions should be in the kick return game or the punt return game unless it's a do-or-die moment. Uh, Miracle in the Meadowlands Part 3, Deshaun Jackson, 2010. Mm -hmm. That was a do or die situation. You know what I'm saying? And it mm-hmm. and it worked. Right. But Deshaun Jackson was not well, I take that back. Let me correct myself. In two thousand nine, Deshaun Jackson was the primary punt return specialist for the Eagles. In fact, he was the first player in NFL history at that time to make the Pro Bowl in two different positions, wide receiver and punt returner. So I do take that back. Um but again, like I said, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of that. But again, I'm I'm just hosting a podcast. I'm not a coach, so uh, there's that. So speaking of backup that could possibly become a starter, let's talk about topic number five: Zach Ertz and the dynamic that is Dallas Goddard. Man, um, so here we have it. Is at the end of the season, uh, during his exit interview with the media, Zach Ertz said something very interesting. He said, hey, um, I've loved my time here in Philly. Um, 
And if it's my time to go, then it's my time to go. I may may not even be here next year. So when he said that, that raised a lot of eyebrows. Um, And then it came out in an article the same week. Um, And pardon me, I cannot remember the article who it was, but I'm sure I'm almost positive it was from the Philadelphia Inquirer where Zach Ertz had turned down an extension, paying him a little bit over $11 million a year. He turned it down. Um, so that caused speculation to be, did he turn it down because he's waiting for George Kittle to sign his deal so he can then know what the market is, or did he turn it down because he wants to leave and go somewhere else? Um, Zach Hurts, you know, through his Instagram account, has made it abundantly clear he wants to stay in Philly um, and he does not want to leave. But we got an emerging, another top eight tight end on the other side of him, man. Dallas Goddard is a beast, man. He's a beast. Um, and under the new CBA, um, he's a second-round pick, so he has a four-year contract, but he's eligible for a contract extension after year three. This is year three for Dallas Goddard. And if you looked at his projection, um, he went from year one to year two, and he, it was a definite leap. And I'm looking for another leap from year two to year three, so we're going to have to pay him. Uh, the question is to you guys, man, and Alex, I'll let you start this off. Do we keep Zach Ertz and form a dynamic duo for years to come, or do we look to trade Zach Ertz and get something of value with him? Yeah, Les, I, I think Ertz is, is a Philadelphia Eagle. He will always be a Philadelphia Eagle, even if he does move on. But being realistic, Goddard is too good not to be on the field, man. I just I've seen enough of him. I've seen, as you said, his projection. He is very good, and just of what we saw, and you know him having a calf injury last year, he is very good, man. And I think he could pick up right where Ertz is kind of, you know, going to like start to trend down at. You know, I still think Ertz is good, but you made a good point about him and Kittle. Once Kittle figures out his deal, and you gotta look at it, Kittle's gonna reset the market for tight end. Right. He's going to mm-hmm. probably get somewhere between I, I'm thinking 13 to 14 mil um, a, a year, which uh, the last tight end, I think, was Hooper. I think he got like 10 or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so and Kittle's way better than he is. So you got to look at it like that. He's going to reset the market. And then I think Ertz is going to come in with an offer slightly below that. Um, and I do not think the Eagles are going to give it to him. And I think it's mainly because Goddard is so good. Um, I want to tell y'all a story real quick. I, 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 you know, the meetup we go to, we, if y'all are listening, some of, some of you guys actually might be from the, uh, meetup listening to the podcast, but, uh, in Durham, North Carolina, uh, where a lot of us are really close to, we live at, we go to a little meetup, um, with a lot of Eagles fans and we have some really great times some great memories. Um, and all three of us have been there and went together. But, uh, one time in particular, I went and it was me and my wife and there was an older guy. I'd never seen him there before. He's from Philadelphia. He's like, yeah, I'm from Philly, da, da, da. And he was, like, super drunk. And I never forget, <laughs> every time Goddard got the ball, he was like, yo, that man Goddard right there, that boy's good. And then every time Wentz would pass it to him, he'd be like this. <laughs> I'm not kidding you not. He'd be like, give it to Goddard. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the year, I'm about to just give it to Goddard. Yo, it was just so – he'd stand up and be like, yeah, give it to Goddard. Yeah, it was just so funny, man. But anyways, uh, that that boy is too nice. And I'm telling you right now, they're going to be in that position. Y'all talked about it. Pay both of them. 
I would love for it to happen. But because of the situation with Kittle, and as you said, he's uh, Goddard is approaching year three. I do not think – I think this might be the last year the two of them are together because I think Ertz is going to come in and want something slightly below, you know, the market for Kittle, which, I, I mean, I can't blame Ertz. He's really good, you know. Um, but there's a chance, you know, that they work it out, that they can get both of them where they want. But I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Steve, what do you think, buddy? I'm taking everything you said, and I'm for all the everything that you said, Alex. I'm, I'm in agreement with you, but I'm taking it oh. the other way because Goddard is so good. Because when you have those two tight end sets and you cannot double either one of those guys, you got a single cover, they're basically going to be open. Or if you do double cover, one of those tight ends, you're going to have a wide receiver open. It's just it causes matchup problems. Two tight end sets, when you have two dynamic tight ends, it's, it's unguardable. So we have to find a way to keep those two guys together. And I believe how we can do so it. So who, who, would, who would get the – who would get the – if they, they extend both of them? It would mean – it would mean we go a little cheaper at the wide receiver position mm-hmm. right now. Um, um – I, I don't I don't know exactly how much um Alshon had is going to get paid on the books right now, but if he's gone, if we get rid of him, you don't have to worry about that. Um, whether that means this is the last year of Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. or not, that's remains to be seen. But we got rookies, we got uh, all the rest of the wide receivers. Exactly. So we can make it work. Exactly. Work. Exactly, and that's um. To your point, Stephen, man, I actually we, we spoke about that, I believe, in episode two, um, where that that's just where it's at, man. It's it's a numbers game, right? As far as the money is concerned. So yeah. Sean Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey right now, nine million and 15 million. That's 24 million between the two of them. Right. So they'll be gone next year. D-Jack's gone. We already know Alshon's out of here. OK. You have Jalen Rager. You still have um, J.J. Arcega Whiteside. You got Quez Watkins. Um, you got John Hightower. All those guys will be on rookie contracts for the next anywhere between three to five seasons. Okay? So while we're not paying anything for those young guys and they're developing, um, you can pay Ertz and you can pay Dallas Goddard as well. And what I think, what I personally think is going to end up happening is like, when Zach Ertz got drafted in 2013, he was the backup to Brent Selleck, right? And gradually, Zach Ertz overtook Brent Selleck, but we kept Brent Selleck in the backup role. And then we went out and got Trey Burton as well. I, I, I love that tight end group. Um, yeah, me too. That's what, I think, that's what I think eventually happens here. I think after this season, Dallas – Goddard goes to the number one spot because I'm telling you, look, check these numbers out, okay? So 2018, in 16 games, Dallas Goddard had 33 catches, 334 yards, and four touchdowns, right? In 2019, in 15 games, in a game less than his rookie season, he had 58 catches, 607 yards, and five touchdowns. So, his second year, his production almost doubled. Hey, give it you know what I'm saying? 
Give it to Goddard in one less game. Think about that, boss. In one less game, his numbers almost double. So, like I said, Ertz, this is going to be his last year as the number one on the team. You know what I mean? I think going into 2021, Dallas Goddard goes to number one, and it shifts Zach Ertz back to number two, and that's just how we do it, man. But like Steven said, these two tight end sets, man, they are a matchup nightmare. So let me ask you this, Les. You think he'll take that role? Like, Earth will be okay? Because Earth can get the money he wants, probably a little more than the Eagles would like to give him. I think mm-hmm. if, he, if he would be like, I think if Earth was to say, you know what, I love the Eagles, which I, I don't doubt he does, but he says, you know what, I want to be an Eagle until my career is over. I'll take two to three million less. I can see that happening and we do get it done. But let's be honest, man, the way the market is for tight end right now, another team will give him top dollar. I mean, yeah, but I think it all depends on the fit, man, and who does it. Like I said, it's just it, it just it really depends, man. Like I said, I think in the NFL with certain players, the fit matters, money matters, teammate matters, right? We all know Zach Ertz and Carson Wentz are close friends. So we all know that Howie will spend money, okay? And we all know that this this offense that we run is tight end friendly. So we got those three things right there that if Zach Ertz is willing to leave those three things on the table, then God bless him, bro. <laughs> God bless him. I don't – me personally, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. I mean, unless you come in with a deal that's top-notch level in the league, then fine, so be it. But – I just Zach Ertz doesn't come across as one of those guys. Um, you know, his wife loves the Philadelphia area, man. They got a lot of charity work there and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. That's just my opinion, man. Um, Good point. Good point. Yeah, that's that's just my opinion, man. Um, so, we'll, we'll see how it happens. But what I will say, give it to Goddard yeah. is on the rise. <laughs> He's right. definitely on the rise, buddy. So, that is there. So, um, I'm going to segue into, we're going to be introducing uh, a new segment to our listeners. Um, and we're going to be talking about just whatever it is you see fit, man, or just whatever you, any topics you might want to bring up, or if you want to give a recap of the topics of discussion that we've had in this episode, I'm going to introduce you guys to Boyd's baller breakdown segment where it's the red carpet event right here we're, we're bringing it to you the first official okay first um topic for the boys baller breakdown this week we're going to go with two preseason games yes you heard that right there will be two preseason uh-huh. games this year yeah so two of them got canceled or po- however you want to, however you want to term it, um, they the NFL decided to um, cut preseason down to two weeks. There will be no Hall of Fame game, as we already heard. Then they'll cut down. They cut out whether it be the first two weeks, last two weeks. I'm not sure, but they just said there will be two preseason games in a longer in a longer period, training camp type period to get acclimated to football and everything coming off the pandemic and all of that. So um, my question to you guys is, how do you think that will impact specifically the Eagles more so not so much the whole league but specifically the Eagles how you make how do you think that will impact us 
going into nice, nice. Alex, I'll let you go ahead first on this one, buddy. Uh, I think it. I think for us, because we have that continuity of Doug Peterson and staff and their um, QB factory that they got running over there. Um, I think. I think we'll. I think we'll be fine. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I, as far as the all the new guys that are in the building that are OC positionless group. Um, that might be a little tricky. And, you know, we have a, uh, some key rookies in the wide receiver department. That might be a little tricky as well. But I think the lack of preseason games is going to hurt those fringe guys. You know what I mean? Those uh, Corey Cle- Imagine Corey Clement that year we got him as an un- undrafted free agent, right? You know, imagine if he didn't have those extra preseason games. He might not have made the team. Yeah, So yeah. Um, I think that's who it hurts the most. As far as our organization, we have enough that's already established that we, we probably don't – the starters probably don't even need to play. So I think we'll just end up going with rookies and, and fringe guys anyways. But it does hurt a lot of those uh, guys that need the reps. So. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in total agreement with Alex on this one. Um, it's definitely going to hurt the fringe guys. Um, so – to me, the French guys, you're looking at a Corey Clement. Um, you're looking at the big Aussie, uh, Jordan Mailata. Um, you're definitely looking at that. Um, so players like that, man, you know, they need they, they need those reps. They need that game action. Um, uh, me, I, I totally understand why the NFL decided to shorten it up, and I'm totally with it. Um, however, you know, again, a disclaimer, I do not want our listeners thinking that I choose the NFL over the pandemic. I'm not saying that. I'm just talking pure football here. I just want I, – I don't feel like our wide receivers um, – they, they need time with the quarterbacks, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to see Jalen Rager and, and Carson Wentz trying to get on the same page during week one. Right. I don't want to see that, man. We need well, to hit the ground running. Well, the NFL might so, look like that for everybody, week one, two, and three, because of just yeah. the situation. I think everybody might come out looking like college, college, uh, college scrimmage games for you know for. But and, and 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 that's cool. But you know what, buddy? Philadelphia Eagles matter. That's right. That's, that's all true. I. That's true. That's, all, that's all. That's all. Yeah, hey, I don't right. care about none right. of them. It's the right choice. It's the right choice. You know what I'm saying? The yeah, league I, in general is gonna look a little trash, a little bummy, a little bum juice dripped over it for, <laughs> for a little bit, just because they don't get back into. Yeah, that's right. This football thing we do, you know. But absolutely, it's the absolutely. Right thing, You're right, Les. It's the right thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys, man. Once again, I want to thank the listeners again um, for taking the time out to listen to us, man. Um, We really do appreciate you guys, man. And we we do put a lot of thought uh, and effort into these topics to things that we believe that you, the listeners, want to hear. Um, So, again, we humbly thank you guys um, for being a part of the Bird Bird Gang of NC. we, we we look forward to many more podcasts with you guys. Um, I'm going to let Alex go ahead and tell everyone where they can sign up at and subscribe at, and we'll take it from there. Yeah. Um, again, we appreciate y'all listening. If you want to, if you like what you hear, you want to hear more, go to Spotify, go in that little search bar, search uh, 
Bird Gang, and you'll, you'll we'll pop up. Uh, and yeah, you can like all of our stuff there. And again, follow us so you'll always be updated on when we drop a new episode. We tend to drop episodes Saturday or Sunday. Usually it's uh, Sunday night. Um, we'll drop a new episode so you can listen to that on your way to work. Uh, but again, Spotify, we're also on Google Podcasts. And then you can also listen to us on Anchor. Um, if you have their app, uh, you can get our podcast there as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and we want to let you guys know as well, um, during the course of the season, we're going to have a few more podcasts during the week, uh, possibly two to three. Um, so we're going to give you more news um, from around the league as well as uh, the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Um, so on behalf of uh, Stephen Boyd, Alex Turner, myself, we thank you guys. Bird gang, we out. Go Birds.